Welcome to the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast, where we remember a time when stacks of cards were held together with rubber bands and Mickey Mantles were put in bike spokes. We hope you will enjoy and reminisce as you come along with us as we tell stories about the baseball cards from the Golden Age of Baseball. We will examine the state of the vintage baseball card market and talk to some of the greatest collectors in the hobby. You won't be hearing us talk about any chrome or shiny cards here. Now, to take you on this retrospective journey, here's your host, direct from the shallow end of the gene pool, my son, Mike Moynihan. Yo and hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard podcast. I am your host, Mike Moynihan, and man, another week, hopefully going to get this episode out uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. You'll be listening to it on the podcast. It'll be on YouTube. You can check it out everywhere. Just a proud member of the Bench Clear Media team. And today we're going to do an episode on a player. We're going to really focus in on a player. I love doing these from time to time because I think there's a lot of players out there that are still just widely ignored isn't maybe the right word, but certainly underappreciated is probably a good word. And it's one of my players that I remember as a kid when I first got into baseball in the early 80s. He was kind of a legend, and it's Carl Yastrzemski, lifelong Boston Red Sox uh, outfielder designated hitter, et cetera. And we're just going to dive into his career, his playing career, certainly his cardboard career. We're going to talk about autographs and all of that. And I'm, I'm really excited to do that. And I really didn't want to do this one alone. I wanted to bring in somebody that ha also shares a passion for Carl Yastrzemski. And I'll explain why we're doing Carl Yastrzemski here in a second. But let me get my guest on here and we'll start talking to him. And it's my brother from the North, Mike Samuel, also known as Canadian Cards on YouTube. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Mike. How are you? I'm great. Welcome to the podcast, man. It's your first podcast it, with me. It is. I'm excited. And uh, like uh, I was saying to you off, like I'm thrilled that you asked me to do this. And when you said, hey, we're going to talk Carl Yastrzemski, I'm like, that's my guy. Let's, <laughs> I, I'm all in. I'm all in. Let's talk. So yeah. So Mike and I have known each other now uh going on 2 years. Yeah. Is that right? That's right, Mike. We, we, met at the first, national. we met in person at the National in 2019 in Chicago. Yeah. And uh, had a great time hanging out there and we've just become super good friends ever since. Yeah. And uh I just want you to know I really appreciate your friendship and I appreciate you being on the podcast. So Yeah. Yeah, same here, Mike. It's uh like I said it was um you know, when I when I first got into YouTube, um, I, I have to tell the story because it kind of ties in and it's kind of comical is you were one of the first channels that I watched along with others. And then, you know, I made a few comments and stuff. And I, I think it was um, you reached out to me and uh, like commented back. And I said to you, hey, like I'm thinking about doing some YouTube, you were very encouraging, do it, this would be great, you know, it's always in, in, in getting other people to make content, and uh, and then we just kind of hit it off, you started watching my stuff, and uh, it was kind of funny, the first time we did meet was at the, the National in 2019 in Chicago, and I, I asked prior to if I could interview you for my channel, and 
you you accepted and <laughs> that's when we had the whole groupie thing some some woman from across the room was like it's my baseball collector and i was like are you kidding me like you have groupies here what's going on so yeah it's been it's been great it's been great it has and you're we're friends first of all we both have great first names mike mm -hmm. obviously but uh, we you know you're a hockey it's, it just shows how this hobby can be doesn't really matter what you're into. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. really into hockey, but we have a lot of common interests too. A lot of things we like that sure. we both enjoy and you can appreciate the other people's stuff, even if it's not exactly in your, you know, milieu of cardboard, right? Absolutely. Um, it, my whole thing is that, yeah, being, being up here in Canada, it's just, it's hockey, hockey, hockey everywhere. Uh, you know, prior to COVID, card shows, everything was hockey. And I mean, growing up, I, I fell in love with the game of baseball. 1975, my first game I ever watched was game six of the World Series. My cousin actually made me watch it. Yeah, my cousin actually made me watch it. And I watched Fisk belt that homer. And I'm like, I'm hooked. I'm a Red Sox fan. I knew nothing about their history. Nothing. Didn't know Babe Ruth played for him. Knew who he was. Didn't know nothing about him. Um, about the team and their drought. And, you know, then I watched game seven and they lost. And then it just, it was, I was like, wait a second, these guys haven't won. And there's a curse and the whole bit, but right. you know, I, I, I became a Red Sox fan and I think getting into YouTube and finding the baseball that I could see on YouTube and, and going to shows now, uh, in the U S is giving me a wider scope to obtain and eBay is always there too, but sometimes that can be a little, that can be a little much. So um, definitely have an appreciation for baseball, even though we're hockey crazed in Canada. Well, you will be happy to know that I'm wearing my yo, yo and my yo and hello t-shirt just yeah. in honor of you. Um, <laughs> but let's talk. You know, Carl Yastrzemski, one of those players that I, I've long talked about different guys that I think are either underrated, underappreciated, whatever, you know, word you want to use to describe them. And there's a lot of them out there. And yeah. Yaz is when I started really doing research for this show tonight, I went and just read and refreshed my memory with his statistics. He was amazing as a ball player. I mean, absolutely amazing. What about Carl Yastrzemski did you find attractive? What what made you really start following him, liking him, collecting his stuff? I think, I mean, being a Red Sox fan, obviously, uh, when I decided to jump in and, and go after, you know, a run, as, as we say, a player error run, Ted Williams was too expensive. I wasn't going, I wasn't going to go down that rabbit hole because it was just going to be too costly. But when I look at Yastrzemski and you look at his career, I mean, 23 years, same team. Like that's, it's, it's rare. Um, I mean, it's even more rare, rare now because of contracts and big money and stuff like that. But, you know, just 23 years with the same club, uh, the loyalty to the Boston faithful. I thought that was a huge, huge, um, I mean, he's, he's, to me, he's Mr. Red Sox. Uh, I know, I know the Babe played there and then went on to 
play play for the Yankees, and and Ted Williams was there. But just to me, I think because it's more my era, uh, to me he just consummates what uh, a Red Sox should be. You know. If you've been in the hobby for more than a day, then you know how fast the sports card market moves. There are no more options than ever to buy, sell, and research your cards. One of the most frustrating hurdles in the hobby is the fees when selling your cards. You know, those other popular marketplaces, the ones with their average seller transaction fee of 10%, the ones that don't have the seller's interest in mind. Wait, what? Who would do that? Well, hold on to your horses. No, not those horses. Welcome to the Card Flip, a place where we want to provide a simple alternative to buying and selling cards. No clutter, just you, graded cards, sealed wax, and the easiest of transactions. So what do you say? Are you in? Great! Welcome to the Card Flip, the seller's marketplace. Welcome back, if anybody's still listening. Yeah, and you... So Yastrzemski started his career in 1960, right? Um, and talk 61. about 61 actually was, you're right. Sorry. 61 yeah. was 60 tops is his first card. Right. You're right. 61. He replaced at that time, probably the greatest Red Sox legend of all time. Yeah. Ted Williams, you know, mm-hmm. you know, galloping around left field under the green monster. Yeah. And talk about pressure, right? I mean, you, here you go here, son, here, kid. Yeah. Go out and play left field. Replace the splendid splendor. Good luck with that. Let us know how you do. Right. Yeah. We'll be right here. <laughs> right. <laughs> hope you don't, you know, hope you do all right, kid. Good Good yeah. luck with that. But yeah. he did. He, he flourished, right? He was, he was a, what, 17 time all star in his career. Uh, um, yeah. Eight, 18 times, I thought. Maybe I wrote it down wrong. I, I, I took some notes, but I thought it was 18 time all star. Um, seven gold gloves, seven gold gloves. He, you know, uh, actually grew up in Long Island, right? Yeah. In Southampton. Yeah. And I've, I learned a lot and told you this earlier off air, but I didn't know he went to Notre Dame to play basketball. How cool is that? Yeah, he did. And, and the one thing I found out too, is that, um, because of his contract with the Red Sox, he, he never graduated. He, he took business at Notre Dame and but made a promise to his parents that he would you know finish school and he graduated with a business degree from uh Merrimack University um in the Massachusetts area and that didn't happen until 1966 six you know five five a good six seasons after he left Notre Dame he said you know made that promise to his parents and still kept it so, I mean, you know, you can, you can see there's definitely loyalty within him. You know, he's a man of his word. Uh, the Red Sox gave him a shot. He stayed there for 23 years, told his parents, don't worry, I'm going to finish my degree. Took him six years, but he did it. He did it. So uh, I think there's a lot of good character traits in Yastrzemski that, you know, I, I think that's a bit of a draw towards him too. Yeah. You know, and he was raised by his parents were from Poland. I mean, yeah. Yastrzemski's one of the most unusual last mm-hmm. names of any, you know, super famous baseball player, like a Hall yeah. of Famer, like Yastrzemski. And 
you know, I, for the longest time, I could never spell it. Now I can spell it because I just, I follow yeah. it a lot more. And I, I have also completed the player run, which is, that's yeah. the reason we're doing Carl Yastrzemski is I knew you had just finished the player run of it, all of his tops cards and whatnot. I have yeah. just completed it as literally the other day. Thanks mm -hmm. to you, by the way, because you sent me my last two cards. I bought them from you that yeah. I needed. I'm going to show them here in a little bit. And I love completing player runs. It's so cool to see them all together mm -hmm. and, you know, then yeah. you lay them all, you know, if they're, if they're in a box, they're not as much fun, but when you can pull them all out and show them in one fell swoop, it's, yeah. it's very satisfying. It's one of those. Yeah. Hobby satisfying things. Absolutely. Satisfaction that, that's unusual and very cool. So I'm telling, and the point of doing these is to get people to, Oh, I haven't really thought about Carlos Tremsky before maybe, or, or Rod Carew that I've done before, or no, whoever. Yeah. yeah. It's, and, and, and it's this thing that I talk about a lot. We, a lot of us talk about it. Carlos Tremsky is still alive. Yeah. And yeah. the time to do a player run, the time to get autographs, the time to do that when it's, it's never going to be cheaper than when they're alive. Right. 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 And we know and, this. Go ahead, Mike. No, you touched on that. And, and we know in this hobby too, Mike, is that, you know, it's, it's morbid to say, but it's, it's just part of the hobby someone passes away, the cards skyrocket. Um, I don't mind talking about Yastrzemski now because I'm done the run. You know what I mean? If anything, I might do some upgrading with it, but it, it's one of those you don't, you almost don't want to bring attention to what you're collecting for fear that other people will jump on. And then it's like, oh, now I've got competition on eBay or wherever you're getting your card, whatever source you're getting them from, you just kind of want to keep it under the radar. I mean, I haven't really, I, you know, I show them off from time to time, but you're absolutely right. I, I did my tabletop uh, showcase because of you, the watch you do them before. So I thought I'm going to do them because just showing them one at a time doesn't really give it justice as to the full scope of what you got. And I mean, I included everything I've got, autograph stuff and you know i've got multiple cards that are just raw and top loaders and i've got magazines from the 60s with yaz on the cover and you know all kinds of stuff so to put it out on my my dining room table and just to look at it i i literally stood back and i was like wow like right. th it's it's pretty cool just to see it all sitting there um had a lot of fun doing it so um and 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 refresh my memory, the last two, I can't remember which two they were that I sold you. I know one was a '67. What was the other one? The '76. Oh, so right, that's right. What I think we should do is kind of, let's go through his career a little bit, and as we do that, we can show different cards that sure. we have. Um, I've got a few here that I'm going to show. Unfortunately, if you're listening on the podcast, you'll just have to go to YouTube and check them out. But we'll describe them for you as best we can. So yeah. I have. Two of his rookie card, which is 1960 tops. He's got that famous rookie star card, you know, um, with that nice portrait. I have a PSA six in that. Um, yeah. What's your don't you what's your grade on yours? Six as well. Six as well. It's a great yeah. collector grade. These it are is. about in this grade, you're looking now at about four to five hundred bucks yeah. for this card now in a six. Yeah. So it's 
and, and believe it or not, yeah, and believe it or not, Mike, um, I just watched a six uh, finish on an auction because uh, I was thinking, sure, I'll get another one. And I watched an auction finish in Canada here on eBay, and it was a six, and it went for about a thousand Canadian. Wow. So yeah, so that was around seven hundred US. So and I don't know if twelve dollars US. You know, it's Canadian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the exchange. It's it, right. give or give or take <laughs> give or take twenty cents either way, right? So um yeah, it it's definitely getting up there for sure. So his his rookie card certainly popular. And I would I would put Yastrzemski in this weird uh not unusual completely type of dynamic within the hobby, but I would put Yastrzemski, Stan Musial, some guys like that in that wherever they – like Stan Musial played for the Cardinals his whole season. Uh, Brooks Robinson played yeah. for the, these oh, guys yeah. that within that city and that area where that team is popular, Yeah, those players are literally like gods. Yastrzemski in, in the New England area is considered yeah. uh, holier than thou. Yeah. Just as Musial is in St. Louis, just as Brooks Robinson is in Baltimore. For Outside sure. of that, though, but I not as popular, but I think that that hometown popularity slash legendary status yeah. makes all of their stuff shockingly expensive. Because Drimsky's yeah. stuff is not as cheap as other Hall of Famers from his era. And right. I think it's that, that uh, again, hometown drive of people wanting to collect his stuff because he's just who he is. Um, yeah. I have a second Yastrzemski rookie and I don't have a lot of doubles of mm -hmm. any vintage cards that I have, but I have two Yastrzemski cards. Can I tell you the story behind this card? Um, yeah. Yeah. How did you end up with, I know sometimes you do make the mistake of buying a second, but something yeah. That big, how how'd that come across? Well, not a mistake. And uh, this is one of those stories that if you've watched my YouTube channel for a long time, you've probably heard it, but my podcast listeners have not. And when I was a kid, the nineteen sixty Topps Shrimsky rookie was the first vintage kind of big boy card I ever bought. And I bought oh. this from a kid down the street from me and where I grew up here in Fort Worth. And I remember buying it for I want to say it was a, at least a hundred dollars, maybe 80 to a hundred dollars, something like that. Right. And that was a fortune back in, this was 1983, 1984. Right. And that was a lot of money. And I remember getting it and just feeling like I had won the lottery that yeah. I acquired this great hall of fame player. And at the time Yastrzemski was still playing. I do remember that. So it had to be at least 83. Right, And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so excited that I got this card. And so I ultimately, I mean, it's got even an old flip on it. I sent this in a long time ago to PSA right. and got it graded. I didn't care what the, it wasn't about the grade. I, I just wanted it protected. It's a childhood card, a memory, sure. and I'll never get rid of this card. Like I, yeah. this might be a casket card for me kind of thing. Cause it really started me down that road of appreciating and loving vintage yeah. I upgrade. I got a six also just to kind of have a nicer copy in my collection, but sure. down the road, but I'm, I, I have two and I'm yeah. thrilled to death that I have two, you know, uh, now chance, chances are, is it, is it fair to say Mike that if one had to go would the six go? Yeah. 
That's yeah. not even a question right. of that right. reality. Take the lesser grade because that's the childhood card. Yeah. And again, I just want the card, right? right. I just, yeah. uh, so Yastrzemski has, and this, this, I'm going to bring up a subject that I know you're uh, kind of passionate about because I am too. Mm-hmm. The, the picture from his 60 tops card looks eerily similar to the picture on his 1961 tops card. Not just similar. It's the same bloody picture, right? It is. It is the same one, but same it's a one. great all-star rookie card. You know um, that was again, his first season in the majors 61 because yeah. Williams retired after 1960, the 1960 yeah. season. And I mean, that's a great card though. You know, the, the it, is. Tops. it is, but I find it, Actually, my 61 copy is my only SGC copy in my tops run. Uh, I picked that up actually at the 2019 National, and it was, I couldn't find a second year anywhere. But on the last day, I found a guy who had the SGC five and a half, and I'm like, yeah, it's off center. But what I paid for it was just, you know, I think I paid like 45 bucks for it. And I was like, all day. I'm in. I don't care what slab it's in. I needed a second year. Yes, it's off center. I can upgrade it at another time. I just wanted it. And um, that's the thing about, I guess, the thing that I'm disappointed about Yastrzemski's cards is that there's a lot of duplication. You know, there's the 60-61, same image. 63-64, same image. Um 66 and 67 look like the same image. They're the definite pose, uh, not the same image, but 68 and 69, same image. And 78 and 79 are so close. And I just wish there was more of um, a variety instead of using the same image, like like 63, 64. I mean, (laughs) those are, it's the same card. Like if you, you know, if you just take off the tops and the bottoms of that picture, it's it's the identical image. Right. That, that's the one thing about them that I wish there was more of that variety where every year it was a different pose. But, hey, who am I to say? That's tops, right? Yeah. And that tops is notorious for that. They do it on not yeah. just Shostrimsky. It's very – it was a common thing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's – to me, it's just pure laziness. I don't know any other way to describe it on my, yeah. in terms of how I feel about it. For sure. You know, we can't go back and change it, but I agree with you. I think it's, it's, it's annoying at the very least For sure. and lazy is how I feel about it. So, <laughs> yeah. So in 63, Yaz really, you know, his career starts taking off, right? He yeah. wins his first batting title in 63, I believe. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, 63, yep. 67, and 68 were his batting titles. So 63 won the batting title. I I love the 63 tops, but one of the cards I really love that's a lot more affordable, I think, for people that kind of gets lost in the shuffle is his 63 Fleer. Yeah, yeah, uh, very much lost. All of these 63 Fleer cards, if you want to go get – there's a lot of great players in this set, by the way, Mays and Koufax and Yastrzemski. Yeah. Uh, and just Clemente's in it too, I believe. So yeah, definitely one of those sets that I think is underappreciated and under undervalued, underloved is the yeah. 63 Fleer. Actually, not a bad design, really. Yeah, Mild, it's not. Mildly simplistic, but 
uh, I got this. I just thought it was a cool card. Really. I'm not, I don't collect the 63 Fleers or anything. I just thought it was a cool card. I picked this up for, hold on. I'll tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, you got it all tracked and marked. Yeah. I, I paid 20 bucks for it. So and it, it's on. a PSA five, but it's a, you know, it's yeah. a nice card. do you have the 63 Fleer? I do. I have it right here. I have yeah. it both. I, I bought it originally raw at a card show because a guy had it for 20 bucks and I have it. I have it in a stack over here that uh, raw and I just thought, okay, one day I'll send that in for grading and never got around to it. And I actually, my 63 is an eight and I got that for a song just following it. I followed a, a, a few of the auctions and it, I mean, it's old. It's got the very old flip. Like that's yeah. you know, incredibly old. One of the first, I mean, the serial number on the, on the, on the PSA card is very low. And um, yeah, I got it for a song. So I'm like, why the heck not? I might as well just grab it. And um, yeah, I love it. It's, it's, it's very, it's very reminiscent of the day, but again, clear, not, you know, they, they went out and did their work and got an actual, it may not be an action shot, but at least he's posing. Right. Like, Thompson 63 has their pose. And 64, they're like, oh, we didn't get you Stransky this year. Let's just use the same one from last year and we'll change the design. It's like, come on, guys. Give us a break here. So so 65, 66 but I, are great years for your Stransky. But I, we got to spend some time on the 1967 season. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, he had one of the greatest seasons of any Red Sox player that, that's ever had. He won the Triple Crown. Yep. He was actually before Miguel Cabrera in 2012, he was the last player to win the Triple Crown. He was. And at the time, it probably wasn't that big a deal because Frank Robinson had just won it the year before in the right. National League, right? So that's right. Oh, well, okay. Now I guess everybody's going to win a Triple Crown. But no, yeah. it didn't happen again for, you know, 55 years. Exactly. And Shremsky won the batting title that year with a 326 average. He hit 44 home runs. He actually tied Harmon Killebrew that year for the home run title and had 121 RBIs. Yeah. Uh, he was obviously the MVP. What I find striking about his 1967 season, and then I'll let you tell me what your thoughts are. He had a 12.4 war, you know, in this age yeah. of, you know, advanced stats and everything. Yeah. That was the highest since Babe Ruth in 1927. Yeah, I know. That and is insane. <laughs> and that and that's where you touched on too is that you've said it numerous times, very underappreciated. And you know, he's got that hometown love, but outside of the Boston market, there's not a lot of, you know, say for the Red Sox fan wherever they are uh, around North America, but He's, he, he really doesn't have the hobby love that I think he should have or should have had um, through through the years. But you're absolutely right. Like, imagine those numbers in today's statistics. They're just, they're off the charts. Like, just mail it in. You're the MVP now. Like, done. You know, he just had a fantastic year. And, uh, I mean... You, it's funny you mentioned how Cabrera was the next guy to do it. And we know our good buddy JT is a, 
a Miggy collector. Right. And the year before it was Frank Robinson. And isn't there a story about, I don't even like to talk about it because when I seen the card, there's a story of, isn't it triple signatures? The Robinson, yeah. the Yaz, and the Miggy. Yeah, so nope. we... I'll I wasn't there it for it, I heard it. I'll tell it quickly. Uh, JT and I decided to kind of go in together on a couple of boxes of triple threads. It's one of my favorite products every year. I don't open a lot of new product mm -hmm. uh, because, quite frankly, I just think it's a waste of money. <laughs> and I'd just rather buy cards that I like, buy singles. Yeah. But to each their own, right? If you like yeah. breaking product, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, yeah. I, I don't like doing it. But right. I do love triple threads, I have to admit. And so we were opening a couple of boxes. I'm, and of course, JT's a super collector. So we just split it. We said, look, we'll just, we're just yeah. going to open them and sell what we get and see if we yeah. can't make any money. Right. And we opened the first box and it was kind of dud stuff. Right. And then... I can't remember if it was the first box or the second box. I honestly don't remember because we opened it privately, like on a on a it video. Was, it was a, it was the second. I I remember okay. I remember hearing about it. Yeah, yeah. So the second it. box we opened the the hit. It was essentially a case hit of trip on triple threads. It was a triple auto relic of Yastrzemski, Frank Robinson, and Miguel Cabrera. And JT dang near dropped the. I mean, he couldn't believe it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, lots of cursing in a good, like excited yeah. cursing. Yeah. Uh, it It's funny because I great. woke up the next day to a message because I think you and or he told me, uh, sent a message to me. You're not going to believe this. Like, are you, are you awake? Are you up? Right. And yeah, I, it, I was was like, it was late. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. late. And I was already in bed. And the next day I'm like, what's going on? What's all the commotion? And, and and I think you said like talk to JT he has something to show you, and then he showed me the card and I was just like what? I'm like, is that for sale? He took the card like he's like, no, it's not for sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you would as a Yastrzemski guy, you would love that card too, and and the, uh -huh. the what it means, you know, the last three guys to win the triple crown, the, all the great connections. I think it was number to nine. Wow. And so, needless to say, JT kept that card for his personal collection, and uh, as, as he should, as he should. he uh, we we worked out a deal where he got to keep that, and he should have kept the card. That was yeah. fantastic that he got to pull that. Yeah. But his, back to Yastrzemski alone, his sixty-seven tops is one. I I love this card. I love yeah the way it looks. Um, the sixty-seven, which is a very pricey Yastrzemski card, really. It uh, is. It and it's because it's a couple of reasons. It's his triple crown year, right? Everybody knows yeah. he won the MVP. And so it's just a very popular card for Yastrzemski. Yeah. Uh, and I have a six in that card. I just showed it, um, yeah. which I just got from you. Thank you. You had bought a collection of Yastrzemski yeah. stuff and you were nice enough to help me fill my run because you already yeah. had a 67, right? What's your, your 67 is what, a 10 or something? No, no, it's a, it's a seven. It's, it's a seven. seven. Yeah, but you're one. right. But we, we, you and I both talked about this because it was one of the, I think you needed this in the 76. Right. I needed this, the 69 and the 71. So you needed two. I needed three. Um, 
it became a situation where I found a guy a couple hours north of where I live um, who was selling a bunch of Yaz slabs, and he had the 67. Now, I had already obtained my 67. Uh, I sent a picture to it. I remember you saying, I'm jealous. That's one of the ones. I can't find it. They're so expensive. We've had talks. Why are they so expensive? Right. Triple crown, it's the triple crown year, right? Right, right? Which you would think the 68 would be because the 68 actually shows his 67 stats, right? Right. But, but it's the 67 card that seems to be the one everyone wants. And I know there's a lot of problems. I think both of us have had problems finding something centered or e even decently centered. Right. And I think your six is, is pretty well centered, as is my seven. Like it's it's not it it's perfect for the grades, um, the right. centering of it, you know, and and the whole thing about it is, it's just everyone wants the sixty-seven card, everyone wants it, and um, you know when I drove up north to get them, I made sure I said, Mike, isn't the sixty-seven the one you want? And I sent you the picture, and you're like, Yep, worked out a deal, and and I know you you panicked a little bit, right? You panicked yeah. when I mailed it to you because you're did. like, Mike, I haven't got it. I'm like, Mike, I'm telling you, it's like, it's like mail comes from Canada on Pony Express or dog sled <laughs> and they, and, and they, there's no snow on the way to Texas. So it gets really slow the last week or so. But I was, I was quite happy to hear uh, when I, and when you sent me a text, I got the cards. I was like, okay, good. Now we can both rest easy because Obviously, I was a little concerned too, and it was it was taking a little bit longer than it should have. Uh, I knew it would be a couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, it's just great to have them both in our collections for sure. And then sixty eight, Yaz wins a batting championship again. Uh, yep. In fact, he won his batting championship in sixty eight was three hundred one, yeah. which is the only time, uh, or it's the lowest mark to win a batting title ever in major league right. history right and he was the only american league player to even hit 300 <laughs> that year that's how you know the year of the pitcher 68 you had bob gibson and denny mclean and you right. know all that jazz and then they lowered the mound and it got yeah. a little more fair but I, I like his 69s you know 70 tops is a great card uh the last yeah. one you said you got was the 71 right 71 uh, was you needed yeah that one that one eluded me for a long time. Um, you know, I watched so many of them on eBay. And um, I mean, se any, anything 71, it's just, you know, the nature of that card, the black borders, very tough. And, you know, when I finally got the opportunity um, to get one, I, I just grabbed it because it was too good of a deal to pass up. I was watching, I was watching sevens hover around the, $250, $300 mark. And I'm like, oh, you know, and JT was at a show actually in Cleveland, Ohio a few weeks ago. And uh, he, I, I happened to send him a message. I said, if you see a 71 yes, let me know. And I, he said, what grade? And I said, well, I'd like it in a five or a six. So I'm not breaking the bank because I knew how expensive it would be. But, um, I said, you know, I'm open to anything if it's a fair deal. He called me within an hour and he's like, 
I got one. It's the only one in the show. And I was thinking, just please tell me it's a, a decently graded. I don't need any. He's like, it's an eight. And I was like, oh, I just, <laughs> felt, I just felt silent. I'm like, this is going to cost me, right? But it was a good price. It was a good price. I pretty much got it for the price of a seven. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I said, you know, what's the guy's PayPal? And I, I sent the guy the money directly. And JT waited at the table and then said, handed it over and said, he just sent me the money. Here you go. So he nice. said, I'm walking away. I got it. And I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So well, it, I, it. I, I love that card too. Uh, we all know the issues with 71 tops. Uh, yeah. It's just a little portrait headshot. But, you know, yeah. what's great is Jastrzemski's career was so long. He had this breadth of cardboard that just spans from 1960 to 1983, for crying out loud. He goes from being vintage to into yeah. the more, you know, early modern era, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I, here's I my 76, by the way. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I read a story actually today. That's your 76 there. That's, that's the other one I sent you. It is. Um, I, I read a story today where Yastrzemski said that, you know, he retired in, in 83 because he was just, he could see the numbers going down. He wasn't just, he wasn't able to do what he could normally do. And um, the well, sad he was 44 part, years old too, right? Yeah. But what he said was, had he had known that Roger Clemens was going to be as good as he would have in 84, he would have stuck around one more year. Yeah, I read, I read that story too. Yeah. And I, I thought to myself, wow, that would have been really good just to have him around for another year. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, he still had a, a, a great career. Um, one more year. Sometimes, sometimes I think uh, athletes, they just know when it's time to go. And I'm kind of glad that he went when he went because his numbers were really starting to drop off. And, right. you know, you don't, you don't want, you don't want to see someone like that, you know, holding on to a pipe dream and, and, you know, they just, I don't want to say embarrass themselves, but they're just not who they used to be, you know? And, uh, well, I Ted just, Williams, when he retired, he, why, why are you retiring? He said, or it was either Ted Williams or Joe, it was Joe DiMaggio mm -hmm. who said, well, I'm retired because Joe DiMaggio retired at like 36 or something. And why do you yeah. retire, Joe? He said, well, I can't be Joe DiMaggio anymore, right. which is that makes sense, right? You look at what just happened recently with Albert Pujols getting released by the Angels. I think it's mm -hmm. terrible, but I understand. And I know Pujols wouldn't have wanted to go out the way he did. He might get re-signed with somebody. We'll see. But mm -hmm. to see a legendary player like that struggle is not the memory you want to be left with. That's not the taste you want to have in your mouth when they No, you it. want you want the uh the last bat home run, right? Was it like uh, Ted Williams? Ted right? Williams hit his last bat home run. Didn't, didn't also wasn't there a couple other ones? Didn't Ripken um, Ripken on his last at bat hit a home run or in his last game? Maybe Jeter. Jeter. Did Jeter, Jeter do Jeter? that? I'm pretty um, sure. Pretty sure. But one thing, like again, going through that era of cardboard with Yastrzemski, he had he was in this era of like he has a 69 top super and he had, you know, all these cool things that tops tried to do besides yeah. just the regular base card. Yeah. And one of them that I really love 
and is the I have the seventy seven tops cloth stickers on ah. these trim and I have that in a seven. I just love these, and if you yeah. get one in hand, it, it seeing them online or whatever doesn't really do it justice. I mean, it's literally a cloth sticker, yeah. and I just love them. I think they're so cool. I only have I have Nolan Ryan and I have Carlos Trimsky in the cloth stickers. Well. So, that's that's one that I don't have for the tops run. I don't know if that's going to disclude me because it's I have all the base cards. Um, yeah, <laughs> as he waves it tauntingly at me. Um, <laughs> but it's it's one of those. I mean, there's so many other cards. I mean, I sit back and look at okay, how many other items can I get for you, Stremsky? I mean. Can I go after all the leader cards? Do I go after, you know, the pinup poster and this and that? And I mean, the stand-up, the stand-up is very expensive, oh, very expensive. Very, cards. very expensive, yes. Yeah, and I'm just kind of like, okay, I've got all this tops base. You mentioned the, the, uh, the cloth sticker. I have one 77 cloth, and it's a former Red Sox Louis Tiant. That is that is my only cloth sticker from '77. Um, so if, that's something that'll probably have to go on the uh, next to find is the Yastrzemski cloth sticker. So well, I bought it a little over a year ago. I paid eleven dollars for it for a seven, oh, just to inspire yeah. you to go but try to find the, it. But with the boom now, it's probably eleven hundred. Right. So, <laughs> right. You know, so I better wait till it settles down before I go looking for it. So through the late 70s, Yastrzemski keeps playing. He In 79, he goes over 3,000 hits for his career, ultimately yeah. ends up with 3,400 and change in yeah. terms of career hits. Huge number. By, that's a huge number. 3,400. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a big number of hits. And not a ton of home runs, 452 for his career, but his last tops card is 83, right? Yeah, yeah, 1983. A classic card. Um, it's great. What what disappoints me is he didn't have an 84 tops card because mm -hmm. you don't get the full stats on the tops card. Right. But there's a consolation prize, and that's that he has an 84 Fleer, right? Right. And Why on not? the back of the 84 Fleer are all of his entire career statistics, which yeah. is, and it's, a, what a great card too. If you're he's standing there smiling at Fenway park in his home Jersey. I, I mean, I what a great fitting, like I'm out. Yeah. Like, that's you know. mic drop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, Thank it's you. another, it's another one. The, the Fleer and the Dunruss, I have yet to complete those, but that 84, his final, is one that's eluded me as well. Um, I concentrated on the tops run. Um, I've got a, I've got a couple of Fleers. I believe um, is it eighty four Donruss or eighty four Fleer? There's two of them. He has two cards in the eighty four Donruss. I want eighty four Fleer. Is it Fleer? Uh, yeah. He actually has two in the eighty four Donruss because he has a Living yeah. Legends card with uh, right. Because in 83, you had Johnny Bench, Gaylord Perry, and Yastrzemski all retire. Yeah, there yeah, it is. Living that, Legends. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the uh, 84 Donruss one. And, and, then, and, I, oh, and I do I do have the, the Fleer uh, with Bench. 
um, from 1984, but I don't have the Yaz. So um, one that I have to uh, get for sure. And does he have an 84 Donruss base card or just that Living Legends card? Um, I'm pretty sure he, I think 84, he has, uh, so he has the Living Legends. Now I'm pretty sure he has uh, an 83 and then the 84 is the Living Legends, I believe. I have a checklist that is on my phone. Um, no worries. Yeah, yeah. But, so, um, yeah, Shrimsky, obviously, first ballot Hall of Famer after he retires, 1989. 94% of the ballot he was on, which is, of, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so he retires. The next thing I want to talk about, besides his career, just in cardboard, is I like to talk about autographs because I love Hall of Famer autographs. It's actually one of my biggest passions in the hobby. Yastrzemski is one of those guys that is sneak sneakily. Is that a word? Sneakily? Sneakingly? Sneakingly expensive. Yeah. Um, whether it's hometown, whatever, he doesn't sign a ton. There could be a whole lot of, you know, variables that contribute to that. But I only have a few Yastrzemski. I need to look up. I, I can look it up and tell you. Why don't you show? I, I know you. I love his autograph, by the way. I love the way. Yeah, yeah. I've got. I've only got um, five autograph pieces. Um, two of which just came to me from JT. I picked this one up. Um, I think these are the, uh, the 1975 SSPC cards. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think. Or just uh, I picked that up actually from Sean Tiefer. Nice, uh, nice. Picked that up from him. Uh, he's known as the Chosen Roster now. Picked this up at the 2019 National Baseball Card Exchange Deal of the Day. Nice. Thirty five dollars. Wow. I was first in line for that because you know those Deal of the Day they only have so many, and I knew that was coming up, and I was like, I'm lining up for that. Uh, two other fantastic pieces I got courtesy of someone I know in Texas, both my uh, Perez Steel celebration. Yep. There they are right there. Those There's are just, one. I just think like I'm biased obviously because I'm a Yaz collector, but I just think they look fantastic. Like the red and blue uniforms with the blue Sharpie. I just really think it does it justice. And I think both of them are fantastic images. Um, and then the only, the only other autograph I got and JT at the same show that he, he messaged me and said, I, I found you a 71. He said, I found something else. So, I mean, it's one of those things, you know, I didn't go to the Cleveland show, but I spent a lot of money at the Cleveland show. Right. <laughs> but he sent me a picture of this and, you know, I think I, I showed it to you and you said, that's just, you have to have that. Like it's a must have. It's actually a game four ticket stub of the 1967 world series. And it's autographed by Carl Yastrzemski TC 67 is the inscription. And yeah. Yeah, PSA DNA. It's, it's probably one of my favorite pieces. The only thing that would have made this better if the Red Sox won the World Series that year. Um, but, you know, it, here it is. Like, 
game four of the World Series and the, the price on the ticket is $2. Like, come on. I know inflation and, you know, cost of living was a lot tougher back then, but I got to think $2 for a World Series ticket in 67 is still probably reasonable back then, even for a bleacher ticket. So, yeah, aren't you glad you picked that up? Uh, it's like, you know, like I said, the ticket is in rough shape, but I think I like the fact that it's in rough shape. You know, it looks like it's been used and it was stuck in someone's wallet and, you know, someone had it for years and somehow got it signed and slabbed up. And I mean, you can see through the back too, Mike, like the colors are coming through of the right. ink on the front, but it's just, you know, I, I just love it. I just love it. And, um, you know, I when it's I, fantastic. I, yeah, think when it's I, fantastic. when I talked to you about it, you were like, Mike, got to get that. I got, and I said, I did, I did, I got it. And that's uh, the area of the hobby that I think is completely ignored is signed tickets like that. Like if you got yeah. a ticket stub from Yaz's 3000th game or something and got I, things like that to me are super yeah. cool. You've got the historic factor, the all, just so many things that come together with a piece like that. I yeah. think that's awesome that you have that. I'm so glad you got it. I'm glad I was able to yeah, kick you in the right direction on that. Absolutely. And and you talk about Yaz's yeah, 3,000 hit. So someone I know up here has a ticket stub from his 3,000 hit game. And um, we've talked about it, and we haven't come to an agreement in price. Um, I'm still kind of kicking tires and wondering whether I want to pay for it. And um, I mean, it's not overly expensive, but you know, sometimes you have to look at where your hobby dollars are going. Right. And, and I'm just, I'm just kind of holding out, seeing if I can get a better deal. Maybe the longer I wait, maybe he'll be like, okay, I'll knock it down a bit. But uh, something I'm definitely looking at. Well, if it makes you feel better, I know you, you know, you know a lot about my collection. I only have 15 cars. Trims yeah, cars. I know. It's pretty lame. So, it's pretty lame. You better pick it up, buddy. Weak. But his stuff is, again, sneakingly expensive. And so, but I would tell you it's not going to get any cheaper if he passes away. When he passes away, not if he passes. He's not immortal. Right. So when he passes away, yeah. hey, well, get it now. We told you this about Hank Aaron. We told you this. I'm telling you about yeah. Willie Mays, about Carter Strzemski. So listen you know this is 40 years in the hobby experience talking i'm telling you yeah don't don't go to sleep on carlos trimsky right. and that that's i think a great sum up to this episode of yeah i will say there was, there's one card that i don't have here that's i'm waiting to come back from psa dna slab um is is uh you and jt got me that uh signed Yastrzemski card 72 um, and I, I actually still have, I have still the JSA right here for it, but I thought it would look better in a slab. And so yeah, we I, bought that for you from, for Christmas. Yeah, so. you did. You did. And, uh, it was fantastic of you guys to think about me. And, uh, so, I mean, that's off with Garrett, uh, getting slabbed through, uh, slab city. So hopefully within the next month or so. That returns, and uh, that'll go into the collection as well. 
Well, Mike, man, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for, you know, reliving our history of cardboard with Carl Yastrzemski and his career and whatnot. Tell everybody out there just how you, how they can watch you and go watch your Yastrzemski tabletop showcase, et cetera, and catch up on some of your other stuff. Where can they connect with you? Uh, so Canadian cards on YouTube. Um, I'm also Canadian cards on Twitter, Canadian, uh, at Canadian underscore cards on Twitter. And, uh, I also have an Instagram page too. Uh, also, uh, Canadian underscore cards. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm going to release my showcase around, uh, 5 PM Eastern on Friday what would that be? The 14th? No, Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, Thursday the 13th. 13th. Sorry. 13th uh, at 5 p.m. And um, I think yours is going to be somewhere around there as well. An so, hour after yours, Thursday right. at 6 p.m. Eastern. You can go see my tabletop showcase. I'm going to do the same thing, lay yeah. out all of my Yastrzemski cards and show them off to you guys and let you look at them. So, yeah. Check that out on YouTube. Again, if you're listening on the podcast, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it makes you, when you get to work or wherever you're going, commuting around, that you want to go learn more about Karius Tremski. That's the idea behind these types of episodes. Yeah. And again, Mike, you were a, a great contributor to helping people learn about the great Yaz. So thank you. Well, I appreciate you having me on, Mike. I had a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, maybe we can do it again when uh, Raphael Devers is in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> so in 2047, <laughs> we're going to be doing the next. We'll have Canadian Mike back on for uh, the next I'm, podcast. I'll, book it down. I'll, I'll write it down. Be good. And, and I get I still get the same appearance fee as I do now. Right. It's still zero. That's right. Uh, OK. Yeah. Uh, then I I'm I pay better than anyone else in the business. Exactly. I mean, that's you how pay. I get all these great guests is exactly. my huge appearance yeah. fee. That exactly. I well, yeah. thanks again, Mike. Everybody out there, thanks for watching. And you know what I like to say, Mike? Keep collecting. Keep collecting. See you guys later. Everybody have a great one.